Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Moisture anywhere. We gotta make a decision. We cream tonight or just be dry this way. See, I remember we were creaming, creaming our necks. We creamed so fast it felt like I was drunk. All the serums lay out before us, and your fringe was fresh, laying on my shoulder, and I, I got a feeling that I was snatched. I, I got a feeling I could beat someone, beat someone, beat someone. I got a face cream. I got a face cream. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Natch Butte. Welcome to Natch Butte. Today is a beautiful day because you're beautiful, honey. You're beautiful, and that's because. You're a beaut, you're a Natch Butte. Welcome to Natch Butte, the show where we talk about beauty, we talk about what makes us feel beautiful, we talk about all kinds of things in the realm of self-care, and I am very, very excited about my guest today, honey. I mean, I don't even know how many threats she is. They say triple threat. They say she's like a, an 18th threat. She's got everything going on. I bet she has the most... Amazing conversations at her high school reunion because there's just, it's, it's all very impressive. She is a makeup artist and a hairstylist and a cosmetologist, but she's also a chemist and specifically in the beauty world. She has a master's degree in cosmetic science. She is the beauty chemist, honey. She says beauty is art and science. Now, not many of us can fire both sides of our brain. You know, some of us are artistic. Some of us are kind of intellectual types, science, whatever. She's both. She's all of it. And her initials have alliteration. So I immediately trust her because I am the same. And I, I do feel those of us with alliteration initials, we have an advantage in life because we just automatically have a swagger that no one else can really understand. I'm very excited. Please welcome my guest today, Cassandra Celestin. Hello. Welcome to Nantribute, Cassandra. Hello. Hello. That was a great intro. I need that to take with me everywhere I go. <laughs> I will follow you around with a big boom box. Anywhere you go, I'm there because I'm very excited that you're here. Welcome to Nantribute. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited yes. to be talking to you and having Thank you for being joining here me with you. from across the country uh, on Zoom. Someday we will meet in person, but until then, we have the screens. My first question is the question I ask every guest on Natribute, which is what type of skin do you have? Combination skin. Mm-hmm. The T-zone, oily around the the eyebrows and forehead and down the center of the face. And when I say oily, you can fry a couple of eggs on my face in that area. Mm-hmm. That's that's a quite a visual. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest is kind of like dry and, you know, normal. So mm-hmm. I'm always pattering my nose. <laughs> like a lady. Yes. <laughs> this is a question that I added for you because... I feel you have an expertise in hair and skin. So I wanted to say, what type of hair do you have, Cassandra? So hair. Okay. So right now I'm wearing protective style. This is an actual wig that I made. Um, I had to, I I was in an accident a few weeks back and I had a serious head concussion, (gasps) including scarring on my forehead. So I was like, I'm not cutting my own hair because I have really curly, coily hair, you know, kinky, curly hair. And that doesn't look good with a bang. <laughs> so, um, so I, I made this wig so I can wear until my head completely heals. But, um, but I have 4C type hair. And um, if, if anyone knows about the, the scale about uh, hair types and, and hair texture, that would be towards the, you know, the coily or kinky, curly or super curly. Um, type of hair. I am now adding survivor and wig maker to your bio. (laughs) (laughs) So many things. I hope you write a book. I was a a busy only child. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) There is a question I added, Cassandra, and I'm hoping that you have an answer I wanted to ask you, because you're a chemist, do you have a favorite element? Oh, gosh. You know what? I do. Um, and I don't use it in my line of work. It's gold. I love oh, gold. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, but I'm seeing them, like, they put gold in skincare products and things. Is that yes, all bullshit? It, yes. Um, sometimes it's not, but it's very expensive. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to get a gold serum for you. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I think my favorite element is salt, sodium chloride. I love salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? For just food or just Yeah, like, I just feel like I'm yeah. that kind of gal. I need salt on everything I eat. Yeah, I love salt too. Yeah. <laughs> but gold, gold is my go-to. Gold just makes me happy. Yes, I love that answer. <laughs> Do you remember the first beauty product that you ever bought or used? I would have to say uh, skincare, hair care, or makeup. Anything. It's an open question. Anything. Um, it would probably be, I probably went to the store and bought two or two things, uh, two or three things for, for acne. So definitely Maxima. Then um, like the, I think Neutrogena had the like on the spot type of benzoyl peroxide treatments for acne. Mm-hmm. That's severe acne as a teenager. So those are probably I probably bought like that and a couple other acne products that same day. Yep. I used to be in that same aisle with the Noxema. What? Noxema. 
looking back on it now, you know, with all of your expertise, like, wasn't that a wild product? It was. Like, what was that? What was that element that made it tingle? Was it like a menthol or something? Yes, it was a menthol. Definitely a menthol. That's probably not good, is it? Um, I think I think they put too much. Yeah. It depends on the percentage. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, back in the 90s, we were, it's a, it's a miracle we're all here right now. I know. <laughs> Truly. I eventually had to go the uh, medical route and take Accutane. That's Same. That's what saved my life. Yes, okay. same. Yeah. Although uh, I was going to ask you later, my lips are dry forever oh since Accutane. Like, yes, they never me recovered. Too. Oh, I think that was the worst side effect I had during and even after. Yes. So later I'm going to ask you about that. Your lips look beautiful right now. So hopefully you oh, can help you. me out. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm cracking off. I'm These flakes I'm pulling off, It's 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 a lot. Do you exfoliate your lips? I have a few scrubs and things, but uh-huh. these thick, thick little flakes are coming off. Like, do you drink a lot of water? Honey, I drink more water than I could than I should. I thought maybe I should drink more. Maybe I should up it even more. Okay, you may need to do like a um, like a overnight um, what do you call that? Humectant on your lips mm-hmm. to kind of like seal that in and right. get that moisture all the way inside your lips. I think I do need to do that. Something with hyaluronic acid. I'll, I'll pick your brain about that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. The last warm-up question I have for you is the same question I ask every guest, which is, what is your favorite thing about yourself, Cassandra? Um, in what aspect? Honey, it's open. The, you could say my beautiful smile. You could say my booty. You could say my personality. <laughs> you could say, I mean, you should hear the answers I get. It's all over the place. Um, I would have to say my love for science. Oh, that's a beautiful answer. <laughs> did you watch yeah. Bill Nye growing up? Um, yes, I did. I did. I, I did watched too. so many things growing up. That's and um yeah. I I I, I kinda I I'm still a Trekkie. Like I, I watch Star Trek every day. I watch every I watch all type of science shows. What's I, your poison next gen or um Deep Space I Nine? Was, I watched um, Next Generation growing up. I I watched all of them. Yeah. Like and even now I'm watching the repeats. I'm I'm streaming them. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm streaming um Oh my gosh, Voyager. I'm mm-hmm. Voyager. Yeah, but Next Gen is probably my favorite. Yeah, I used to think Jonathan Frakes was my first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. The beard, <laughs> the beard and the blue yeah. eyes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They got yes. me good. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that was a delight. Um, let's get into some, let's talk about Cassandra. Let's talk about little Cassandra and her upbringing. Because, you know, I I can imagine becoming a chemist maybe wasn't the first thing you'd think a little girl would want to do. Can you remember the moment that you said, I want to pursue chemistry? Or what was it like sort of a slow burn? It it was a combination of things. So maybe it was a slow burn because a couple of years ago when when my my aunt passed away, um, before she passed away, it, it really hit me that she played a positive role in me becoming a chemist. It, it took a while to realize that though. Right. <laughs> um, so 
I I was born in in Maryland, and I'm sorry, in New York. Mm-hmm. I was born in New York, and uh, my mother at three at three months old, my mother sent me to Haiti to live with my aunt. Wow! And because she was having issues with my father when I was six months, and she because she didn't want me around uh, for that not, mm-hmm. for that reason. <laughs> right. And I actually grew up thinking my my um my aunt and uncle were my mother and um, father for the first five years of my life because wow. I spent five years there. And so when my mother came in and um, to get me, she um, moved us to to Washington D.C. area. And uh, I remember moving in with my one of my cousins. And and at that time, my my uncle bought me a life size doll. So mem- I'm five years old. I have a doll. This beautiful I called it Martine. Beautiful blonde hair doll. She was the same size as me, same height. And I just loved playing with her hair and everything about her, everything. And then my cousin, who later on told me she was jealous of me when I came to live with them, she she convinced me to cut her hair off. <laughs> really? And she's like, yeah. And then I cut all her hair off and it never grew back. Oh. And then like, yeah, I was, I was it's still, I'm still traumatized. How short? Did and you I'm do like short. a pixie cut? Yes. And you yeah. know, with the dolls, the hair just sticks up. Yes. The hair is sticking up everything. So you can't do nothing with it. Right. And my my aunt or my mother, someone gave me one of their wigs. I just got so um, caught up with hair, like everything about hair. And I was just like, wow, I love this hair thing. And and that's where the love of hair came in. So then later on, my mother would send me every summer to Haiti, every summer to be with my you know, aunt and uh, uncle and cousins. And my aunt would take me to work with her. She worked at the water uh, plant treatment in Haiti. And she would do all types of titration with you know, color indicators, acid-based wow. color indicators. So as, as a child, you're watching that. You're like, oh, you're mixing colors. And it's like so amazing. And I think that's the first time I realized that that's what really placed in my head is visually to become a chemist. Because I didn't realize I wanted to become a chemist at that point in time. Right. It wasn't oh. until um, the third the third thing was when I was in high school and a hairstylist recruited me as a shampoo assistant because she saw I could braid hair and do all this stuff with hair. And she's like, you're really good. Let me, you know, give you a job. And she had her own product line. So you walk into her salon and she had a product line named after her salon name. Wow. So amazing. And then I'm like, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, okay. How do how do I how do I make these type of products and be like her? Googled it basically and researched it because Google wasn't around. <laughs> I Googled Ooh. it and um and basically it said cosmetic chemist. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, you know what? That sounds good. And then I, I went to school for chemistry, you know, undergraduate. And that's when I realized I was just like, wow, I really like this chemistry thing. And then um, and that's how I became uh, a chemist. What a beautiful story. I mean, if your cousin hadn't convinced you to cut that hair, who knows what would have happened? Who knows what would have happened? <laughs> Do you speak French? Uh, yes, yes, I oh, speak yeah. French. Je pense français. <laughs> I've heard Haiti is so beautiful. I have a friend who does a lot of work there. Oh, yes. It's a beautiful island. Growing up there, um, I'm an 80s baby, so growing up there in, in the 80s um, and and just seeing how beautiful the island was before it, the, you know, its demise, mm-hmm. it's just wow. Like those memories stay with me. Um, it was amazing. Uh, just and just being able to go back every summer too, um, you know, really 
was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Food is amazing, everything. I just wish it was like that again, but um, we're, we're very far from that. <laughs> right. Well, the, the memories will live on. Yes, yes. It, so, oh, wow, it's just so... Okay, you kind of answered my next question, which was when did you... Dis- well, I guess not, because you talked about products, but when specifically... I know you went to undergrad, and then you ended up going and getting um, your master's in cosmetic science, so... Did you decide at some at some point that you were like, I'm going to do makeup, I'm going to do chemistry, I'm going to do hair, I'm going to do it okay, all? Okay, so this, right, so this, I should have, I didn't want to give you all the background, but I, let me give you more background. So when I was around, um, around 11, I would say, I started doing all, a lot of the, the little, the kids in the neighborhood, I started doing their hair. So if it was like, uh, you know, a, a hairstyle or braids or whatever it was, they were like, oh, she has talent, she can do it. And like I said, that's how I got the job in the salon. But I also went to an art high school in New York. So I studied a lot of arts. I was already naturally talented in the art area. I loved art a lot. And um, when I decided to go to uh, undergrad, I knew in my, in my mind that I wanted to do chemistry, but I didn't have the chemistry grades because I went to an art high school. Right. So most of my, my you know, curriculum was focused towards art. So I didn't really have the grades for chemistry. So what I did is I said, okay, I'm going to apply. I attended Howard University. I said, I'm going to apply as, you know, for the art school. And I applied and I, I got in, I auditioned for it, did all my drawings and I got in. And the first year I was actually an art major. And I, I love art, but the problem was I could never finish. I mean, I would finish a project I will always need to do something else. It's almost like if I did a painting right now and it's on the wall and I'm walking by every day, I would have to do like a brush stroke or something. Yeah. <laughs> got to touch just, it up a little bit. I just, I got to keep doing something. And I remember mother saying, look, I'm not paying for you to go to school for art. So you said you were going to do chemistry. So you need to figure out how you're going to do chemistry. I said, okay, I'm going to change my major to chemistry. I changed my major to chemistry. Um, it was a struggle beginning. I had a tutor, but because I was determined that I wanted to make cosmetics, and to me, that's an art form, mm-hmm. apply myself and be determined to get it done. And I did. So while I was in college, um, undergrad, I did hair to make money. And this was crazy because I also went to hair school while while I was in college. Um, I went to a school in DC because I was trying to get my license in DC and everybody's like, how are you doing both? And I'm like, I don't know. And I could do both, but then I was like, I got to slow down because my grades um, in calculus was suffering. <laughs> Ooh, that I, that made my butthole twinge. I, I'm yes, not a calculus exactly. person. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I had to take calculus one to four. So it was kind of um, suffering. I did end up finish um, finishing cosmetology school in the DC area. I didn't take the test though, but I did finish. And but I had a lot of clients, and it's crazy because I had I had like a lot of the kids um, at college went to were Redskinettes. They were cheerleaders for the Redskins for for the um, football team, basketball team. So I I was really popular as far as hair was concerned, <laughs> and you know a lot of hair extensions and stuff. So. Um, my grades started to suffer more because I was working too much. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta cut all this working out and really focus on my grades. And I still loved art. And I was just like, it's gotta be a way for me to 
still do this art thing, you know? And then I was just like, oh, makeup. So I said, you know what? Let me just start when I'm doing my clients. Let me say, hey, let me just do your makeup and see how. And they're like, okay, sure. And I would do their makeup. And they're like, wow, you're really good. So basically I was self-taught as makeup artist. So I just started doing makeup in college and it just, I just got better and better. And at least I could finish because they walked out the door and I didn't have to see them again. So it wasn't something where I would see it on the wall and I would feel like it wasn't finished. It's done. And that, that kind of cured me from feeling like my artwork was never done. That is wild. Because if you think about it, makeup is painting. Mm-hmm. Except your canvas walks out of the room and goes home. And washes her face off. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a journey. Who... You are such a multifaceted woman. I mean, this is so impressive. Are you a Washington football fan? I am not. I was going to say they lost last night. Yeah, I know. Only, I only know because, again, as we were discussing off mic, uh, my fiance's from D.C. and uh, Yeah. It's funny watching a grown man melt down over a, a sports team, but oh yeah, they a lot of people were disappointed in this. Area. Yeah, it was exciting, you know, uh, getting into the playoffs. Yeah, but we're not yeah. here to talk about football, Cassandra. <laughs> so there's obviously so much I could ask you, mm-hmm. um, but I, I just recently watched your video on YouTube. Uh, where you were discussing with Miranda Cosgrove, you know, the chemistry of foundation. Yes. And I find I found it so interesting. It, when we put foundation on our skin, how exactly does that work? Like the chemistry of that? So basically, you're using formula that has uh, emollients that help replicate your skin. Silicones don't replicate your skin. A lot of Mm -hmm. foundations have silicone. But as far as like the esters, the emollients and stuff like that, and the combination in the formula, so it helps replicate to actually, you know, cover. So you have different formulas. You have, you know, the anhydrous, which are powders. You have the the water-based, the oil-based, and the silicone-based formulas. So chemists make these formulas to make them really light, but also have color coverage to replicate that skin look. Wow. Wow. So interesting. Okay. I want to ask you about undertones. Okay. My first question is, does everybody have one? Yes. Everybody does have one. Because I feel like I'm a neutral undertone. Yeah. You could be neutral. Yeah. But I guess technically neutral is still an undertone. It is. (laughs) Cassandra, how do we figure out what our fucking, excuse my French, undertone is? I mean, I truly don't know still. I don't know. Well, first of all, you need to have good lighting. And I think Mm -hmm. the best lighting is sunlight. And um, sunlight, that's, I would say, not not 12 o'clock, but maybe like 3 o'clock sunlight. The thing about undertones is that you're you're either going to see a warm tone um, or, you know, a cool tone, or like you said, a neutral tone, but it also depends on what you've been exposed to. Cause if you've been exposed to a lot of sunlight in the past couple of days or something, you know, your melanocytes is going to be excited. It's going to shift. So depending on what your skin is, um, your skin makeup, as far as melanocytes and your melanin, what the makeup of it is, is what is going to come out more. Um, a better way to explain this is like for, like hair color. Mm-hmm. You know, 
hair color has melanin in it also. So for example, a redhead, right? A redhead may have a certain amount of fumigen that uh, make up the hair color. So depending on the amount will give you that redhead or that, you know, brunette or that blonde. And it's the same thing with skin. So depending on your genetic makeup, when the sun, you're exposed to the sun, you're going to tan differently. You can see that in people. People and people tan more yellow, mm-hmm. more orange, more red. So it really depends. I like to see how people tan because depending on how you tan is kind of like your undertone. You know what's so wild, Cassandra? Why did all these makeup stores have no natural light in them? Because I'm telling you, I've had so many people tell me, I go into, we all know who I'm talking about. I go into a store and I say, oh, please match my foundation. And they go, oh, here you are. You're 35F. And then you walk into the sun and you look like you have a giant orange streak on your cheek. You're telling us we need natural sunlight. Why don't they have sun in these stores? Isn't that silly? And then you buy the wrong color and you're like, what is going on? And another thing that, 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 you know, and I think it's getting better now because contouring has helped people understand that we do have different colors, Mm -hmm. you know, like this part is already lighter than this part for me at least. Right. So, um, contouring kind of helps you say, okay, let me, let me buy two colors because I may have to like mix these and one may have to go darker in this area or another area. When I, when I am doing makeup or when people are taking classes from me and, you know, I tell them, Hey, what are you going to be wearing? Because if you're going to have a, a, you know, off the shoulder top or dress and your body is like much darker here and your face is much lighter, like, like even here, like, look at this, look at the difference, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to make sure that you give that illusion that you're all one color. So most of the time you can't just get away with one foundation. You need a light and you need a dark. So you're saying it's okay that I have 15 of them in my drawer right here. Yes. You need oh, to just I'm going to tell everybody. For the Holy grail. Cause there's, <laughs> there's none. You need to just get the the right combination, you know, use the same type of foundation, but two different colors to get what you need. That makes perfect sense. No one has ever said that. (laughs) Everyone's like, you got to have your perfect match, your perfect match. You're saying, no, have two. Yeah. And depending on what's going on, how your melanin, I love that you said excited. (laughs) If your melanin is extra excited that day, you might need a different, a different shade. Right. (laughs) Wow, I love that. Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're doing makeup or hair on a person, how often 
does your brain go into chemistry mode? Like, is is the chemistry part of the whole application? Oh, all the time. Yes, it is. It is all the time. And I always, I, I like, I kind of, um, I want to say interrogate, interview my, my clients. Like, so what do you use? What do you like about it? Why don't you like it? Because based on like what kind of skin they have and how the product I'm using adheres to the skin, I like to know what they use at home, why they like and why they don't like it. Because that gives me an idea of the formula and how formulas work on different skin types. So in your head, there's like a little abacus. And as they're talking, you're moving things around to make decisions. Absolutely. No one sees it but me. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's sort of what Natribute is, you know, is me asking people, what do you use? What do you like? What do you don't like? Because I find those those questions so fascinating. So we'll get to that in a minute, because I feel you probably know what's out there and what you like to use. And everybody wants to know that. But first, I want to ask you a little bit about scalp health. Okay. Because I saw on your bio that you had trichologist. And I'll be honest, I didn't know what that was. So I Googled it. It said the study of scalp and hair. And I said, scalp, this comes up on Nash Butte all the time. Everybody's having scalp issues, you know, whether it's, oh, my hair is starting to kind of get a little lighter. Oh, my hair is starting to thin. Oh, my scalp is flaky. Oh, my scalp is oily. (laughs) How important is scalp health to healthy hair? It is so, so important. People are now in the past couple of years realizing how important it is, especially with, um, you know, formulations as companies formulating products. They're more geared towards paying attention to the ingredients that they're putting to, you know, not only, you know, make your hair look nice and healthy, but also your scalp to, you know, have good flora. Now that people are now washing their hair as often too, a lot of products like, you know, weigh your hair down is weighing your scalp down. So, I always tell people, imagine, you know, your face, your face is your skin. So is your scalp. Your scalp is your skin, right? So you're washing your hair, let's say every four days, but you're still putting styling products on there. So imagine like washing your face every four days and you're putting makeup on it every day. Gross, right? Wow. (laughs) So of course our scalp is more resilient, you know, but... (laughs) You have to think of it as that that type of sense. So even with my clients, like I give them these these scalp tonics that I make for them to help clear the scalp. You know, they don't have to wash it. It's like it's not a it's like a dry shampoo, but not a dry shampoo because it's actually liquid. But just to give you know that health back to the scalp to like declutter some of that that sebum buildup with product buildup wrapped up together that may may or may not you know depending on how their microbe, the microbiome is on their scalp may affect their hair growth or their hair follicles. Some people, you know, can wear, you know, I have clients that wear um, a, a, a hair weave for like a month and don't wash it and their hair is fine. But some people can't go a, a week without washing their hair without all these, this nasty dandruff from Siberia dermatitis building up on the scalp, which can also help shed the hair because once that's that uh, seborrhea dermatitis becomes a plaque. You start to pick at it. It pulls the hair out with it too. So some people can deal with it and some people can't based on their body. So I would always suggest that people pay attention to their body and their scalp and see how it reacts to products. That just blew my mind in so many ways. I feel like I saw, it was like my life flashed before my eyes. 
It was like a come to Jesus moment. I, because it makes perfect sense. Your scalp is your skin. Imagine not washing your face for four days. Do you think, Cassandra, that, I mean, I know you work in it kind of behind the scenes in formulating products, so you probably know some people who work in the shampoo business. You think they're pissed that everybody stopped washing their hair so much because now they're not selling as much shampoo? Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. Of course they are. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, how do we get this? people to wash their hair more? <laughs> I mean, personally, I buy one bottle of shampoo a year at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, too, you know, uh, you have to think about it. In the past couple of years, we've been having a lot of problems with, um, not we personally, but in the industry, there's been a lot of backlash on these these co-washes and these -hmm. these no-poos. You know, no no shampoo type things because you're not really shampooing your hair and the 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 co-wash, no poo things don't really cleanse your scalp well. It's it's not about the hair at this point. It's about the scalp. So formulators, cosmetic formulators or or manufacturers, brands have to find a way to to put a formula together that works for both, that helps the scalp, even though they're not washing it for four days, you know, but still keeps the integrity of the hair. Wow. I feel like now I'm going to, I'm going to do some kind of no poo on the hair and a shampoo on the scalp. (laughs) I'm just going to be, I'm going to be like a little chemist in there. Mix in. This is so interesting. Well, we're going to move on just because I don't want to talk about, I I would love to talk to you about scalps for an hour, but you're a busy woman. I'm not going to keep you here all day. Cassandra, I want to ask you about Product ingredients. This is something I always ask people behind the scenes because I'm sure you're a veritable dictionary on what is in every product. And we see all this greenwashing. We see, don't put this, don't put that, sulfates, parabens. What is your opinion on this? Is there something we should be avoiding in terms of ingredients in our product? See, this is this is the thing. Um, this is a, a big debate um, amongst yeah, the It sure is. Community. It's a hot debate. <laughs> yeah, and even with the Slack community, you know, a group of us that we're pro sulfates, we're pro parabens, mm-hmm. because as a formulator, we understand the necessity of them and how well they work. Right. And the studies, because you have studies that, let's say, from this university, they'll say, "Oh, this is hor- this is this is like with everything, this is horrible for you." And then you have other studies, "Oh, this is great for you." Right. So how the hell are we year, supposed you, to keep up as consumers? Exactly. The thing about sulfates is that depending on how you formulate, they can be very mild. Mm-hmm. There are other ingredients you can add to it to make it mild, and it's still effective because it, it cleans the hair really well and the scalp. Right. And that's the problem. Like, if you don't use sulfates once in a while, you get all this nasty buildup on your hair, and your hair is so limp and disgusting to the point where it might even break off. Right. So it all depends on the formula. So you, I always advise people to find a reputable brand that you, you trust, you know, and you say, okay, these people, I trust them based on the research I did. And if they're going to put a sulfate formula together, I know that it's not going to be the bad sulfates, you know, like it's not going to be like a, a cheap formula, you know, and they don't have the mild component that you need to add to sodium lower sulfate um, formulas to make them mild and to still be effective. Mm-hmm. What about these parabens? As far as parabens, same thing. Because parabens are, um, they're preservative, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one that knows chemistry over here. 
Parabens are preservatives and, um, you know, they have a bad rep because um, all the, the health issues they that studies found uh, with people, you know, linked to cancer and, you know, endocrine yeah. disruptors and type stuff like that. So, but when you look at those studies even deeper, you see that, is it like a coincidence or is it because it was due to that? They never really proved that it was, you know, due to the parabens. 20 people used them and they all had breast cancer, but it wasn't necessarily due to the parabens. Parabens were found in the tissues, but was it due to the product? Right. It's, it's really hard to put the microscope on it and see where it came from. But I mean, after 2020 and, you know, microbes, do you not want preservatives in your product? Right. Do you not? Like <laughs> now we're using alcohol like crazy, oh, you know, yeah. and that's a preservative. Do you not want like, so we have other preservatives you can use, but in the past year, the FDA has gotten a... Uh, a numerous amount of recalls because products are not preserved properly, which cause worse issues. Right. For me, if you were to put like a rotten cream on your face, that would definitely not be a good idea. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, um, there's not enough evidence from the research I've done. And, you know, as a scientist, you, you really have to do thorough research and you, you have to put your, 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 your ducks in order and say, okay, so what's your, you know, what's your pool? What's your, your um, sample pool? You know, how big is it? Where they come from? What were they using? And there's not enough evidence for it. You don't have enough information. You have a little bit of information and you make this diagnosis about a product, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not an overall, you know, diagnosis that would say, this is actually not good. Like we can prove it's not good for you. It's, it does cause cancer. Like, for example, there are some products um, in hair color that have been linked to cancer. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can definitely prove it. Definitely prove it. You can prove it in rats and in humans. (laughs) So parabens is not, they're not in that category. I do know that, you know, with all these other um, preservatives, they have a bad rep also because lately a couple of brands had to pull off their products on the shelf and they were saying that it's a preservative, but it's still no clear evidence that it's the preservative. And the thing about some of these studies with the brands, the, the FDA will make the brands do uh, studies on their product to see why it's causing hair loss or irritation or something like that. And they don't have to share that study with us. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, bloggers or whatever, are just jumping on the van wagon and saying, oh, it's the preservative. Oh, it's the this. Oh, it's the that. Because I did research and I found that. And they have that in their product. And that's what it is. And I've worked for manufacturers where they had to, they had recall some stuff and they did the studies. And I know what it was. And I can't say that right now, but it was not the preservative. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here, everybody. You heard it here. Still on ingredients. I'm curious. I know you know what's really going on in products, but sometimes an ingredient will get kind of trendy and then everybody wants to put it on their label. Everybody wants their version of it. Mm-hmm. You're you're on the cusp of everything happening right now. Is there something like that that you're seeing right now that's everywhere that you're like, honey, that's that's already been around, but now everyone's just decided to to put it on the label? <laughs> 
or sort of what are the trends you're seeing in terms of like the ingredient that everyone's spotlighting right now? There's a lot of things on um, trending, like um, nice amid. That's trending. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Um, Do we like it? Um, it's okay. I yeah. mean, I I don't think. I'm, I mean, there are other ingredients that are work just as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Bok chul. That's another one. That's a hot one. Mm. That's that's up and coming. Yeah, um, I, don't I have know that yet one. to. Yeah, I have yet to work with that, but I've heard a lot of good things about that one. That tool, yeah. It'll so, be everywhere um, like in three months, and we retinol, know who told yeah. us. <laughs> retinol-like activities. Um, Kahai oil also, another one, retinol-like activities. Bakchul is from, I believe, South America. But those two, I, I've done, I've read some um, studies on that because I'm in the industry. You know, I have privy to all what's new and what's up and coming. So suppliers contact me and, and give me the dossiers and, you know, technical data and, <laughs> and all the information about it. So uh, things like argan oil, argan oil been around for so long, even before argan oil was argan oil. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I, it, I never was a fan. Yeah. <laughs> so mandelic acid, that's been around for a long time too. Um, it's okay. It, it works well, depending on the formula and your delivery system. A lot of people find it hard to work with because they don't understand how to work with it. Uh, but I feel like that's another one that's going to go you know, down the drain too. I would bother you so much because if I was like your roommate or something, I would just always be gabbing with you. I would never leave you alone. You just, you have so much information. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what? You're the only one that really cares about what I'm saying because- Oh, my, my audience like- is going to lose it. <laughs> My my family and friends are like, oh, okay, she's being a scientist again. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. And I'm like, oh, great, never mind. Well, they don't know what they're missing out on. <laughs> I want to ask you something. Why are some products so much more expensive than others? Like, People are making them like you make a lipstick. The lipstick is at the drugstore. It's $4. And then there's another lipstick at, you know, this, the, the store that I mentioned earlier for 50. What's the difference between those two? Um, okay. So there are several factors involved in this. The first one I always identify is the packaging. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. So when someone says, okay, let's say for example, Jackie, you're like, oh, I want to make, um, Jackie JJ uh, face serum, right? Yep, I sure do. <laughs> and, Jackie JJ face serum. That's the same title I'm going to use. And I want it to be high end and I want it in Nima Marcus. So, first of all, you think Nima Marcus, you want to think packaging. Okay, the packaging has to be a frosted glass and this and that, and the writing on it, the copy on the packaging has to be this. And then you're thinking about your packaging is starting out very expensive to start with because you already said that you want to be a brand in Neiman Marcus. Right. Then you go to your formulator and you're like, this is the kind of product I want. I want to be like La Mer, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to charge $300. I want to charge like, you know, $50, $65. This is uh, the type of, ingredients that I want to put in there. So then a chemist like, you know, me would source the ingredients and, you know, there are many different sources for each ingredient. So your serum had um, hyaluronic acid in it, right? I can get the regular hyaluronic acid that sits on your face or get the one that has the, the smaller molecule in nanometers. So it'd be like a 50 nanometer hyaluronic acid. That's going to cost you a boatload of money. <laughs> 
So there goes the price of your serum, okay? Because now you don't have the regular hyaluronic acid that costs you $5 a kilo. You have the one that costs you 500 a kilo. Wow, this is wild. And then you also have somebody that says, okay, um, I need to make a lot of money off of this product because there's so many people in the company or whatever, and they decide, you know, a price point for that because they want to make a certain amount of money in there as a profit as well. Wow. So would it be worth it, in your opinion, to buy the expensive hyaluronic serum over like one at the drugstore? Yes, but the problem is that you don't know who's using what. So but you, you know. may be, no, I don't know either oh. unless I've made it mm. or I know someone who works at the company that made it. You know, I can read ingredients. It still says by standard of FDA, when you write the ingredient listing, ingredients, they are, they have their own inky numbers. They have their own cast number. So by that cast number, they have to be, written as that type of chemical. So hyaluronic acid is hyaluronic acid on every bottle, but you don't know which one they're using. Only if the company or the brand would say, we use a hyaluronic acid that has blah, blah, blah nanometers, and it goes deeper into your skin. If they describe that, and they have to be careful also not to um, claim anything the FDA says you can't claim if you're not, if you're over the counter. Wow, there's who knew Hyaluronic had this whole, you know, backstory and deep inner workings. And I'm imagining like Hyaluronic dealers being like, hey, I got the good, good. I got the <laughs> nanometers, you know, and they pass it in a paper bag. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds like, like the kind of show <laughs> I want to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. How interesting. Yeah. So even as a formula, I can't just read a a bottle and say, okay, this one is the good stuff because I don't know who they sourced it from. Two, I don't know the amount they use. And three, I don't know their procedure and method because also you got to think about some of these ingredients could be liposomes or nanosomes or you know, encapsulate it, which help drives it deeper into the epidermis. Well, good luck, everybody. It's it's a <laughs> wild west out there. It, it is. Okay. I'm, this is a question specifically for you and all of your different expertise, because you know the chemistry of, of our faces, and you also know how to do a makeup. What is the ideal way to remove makeup from your damn face? What is the most effective way and what is the best way for your skin? We hear wipes, um, we hear oil cleansing, we hear balm, we hear... What do we do, Cassandra? What should we do? Okay, it depends on your skin type, too. Oh, okay. So, someone like me... I would like to use like a Meissler solution to remove the oil, I mean, the makeup off of my skin. And usually I do that with a wipe. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I do it with a wipe. But, you know, people that don't have oily skin can use um, like the, the bombs and the oils. But you do need something to go in there and break up that makeup. <laughs> break up that makeup. Break up that makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, like micellar, at least they have so many different micellar groups, which, which you know, are attracted to the dirt. And it's like a conglomerate of micellar groups that are attacked. So it works well. So even if you don't have um, oily skin, you can, that's really good to use too. But I, I feel personally, I feel like a combination of 
Baum and Meisler um, works well, uh, depending also what kind of makeup you use. You know, did you use a, a, a fixative to seal the makeup, which is like basically the components of hairspray, you know? Did you use that? Because then you have to get through that first, that shield, you know, to break down, you know, the ingredients, the, the product. So it really depends on your skin type. Um, what do you use? I mean, I haven't put makeup on in a year. I don't even remember. <laughs> but yeah, but, but I would always say whatever you use, use um, a gentle wipe with it. Um, like I said, I used um, a micellar water with a, a wipe mm-hmm. and I gently remove it. And then I wash my face with, you know, my um, facial cleanser. And then I use the, um, the brush, the ultrasonic brush mm-hmm. to kind of really go in there and really get in deep into my pores and get all that makeup out. From where I'm sitting, I don't see a damn pore on you. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have pores. It's usually around this area. Like, like the oily area is like, but the rest is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now we, you perfect segue because I would love to know your personal favorites in terms of your skin routine. And then also hair, because I think there are a lot of 4C people listening uh-huh. and I always want to share the knowledge when I have somebody who knows exactly how to, you know, treat hair. So what are some of, I know, you know, everything on the market, you know, let's talk about Cassandra's routine. Do you have any favorite products? I do. I do have favorite products. Or maybe that you use on clients. Like I said, my slow water. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I use that all the time. I use the soap and glory vitamin C face cleanser. Mm -hmm. I love that product. It's amazing. It feels so good. And it does a really deep cleansing on your skin. For moisturizer, I use my own. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) Don't worry. You'll be out in the market soon. Yay. That is exciting. (laughs) And you're going to love it. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) It has the Kahai oil in it. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to love it. Um, that's what I use. I also used, uh, another formula that's going to be in the market soon is the 24 hour ultra dry oil for the face. And that's amazing too. So Oof. those are the products. As far as makeup, I love the Tarte and the Benefit under eye, um, concealer, mm-hmm. both of them. This formulas are similar, uh, but their colors are different. So I think I think it's most short color to fit me. That's why I use both of them. As far as foundation, I like the double wear, Estee Lauder double wear. I, I live by that. That's my favorite. Um, okay. So lip, I still use, I, I used to have a lip gloss um, line. I still do, but I don't promote it as much as I, I used to um, call smooches. So I still use a lot of the lip glosses from that line. And I also like the, the matte retro uh, liquid lip a palette i like the the morph morph has like this contour palette they have three different types and the darker one to fit me is i just i have two of those one that i carry in my purse and one that i have in my kit i love those like if i just have that i'm fine and then my last favorite makeup product is the rimmel um i have it right in front of me here the rimmel lax accelerator ever heard of it no it has like this peptide that I've worked with before um, formulating products for clients. So I know it works. And so I buy it all the time and I just wear that all the time. 
Wow, that's so interesting because Rimmel is um, a, a pretty cost-effective brand. I mean, their shit is cheap. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's really that's a hot tea right there. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go get me one of those. Okay, so for my my four C natural hair, I use the the Carol's Daughter. Mm-hmm. It's the moisture one, the moisture shampoo and conditioner. Oh yeah. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Oh, yeah. Cassandra, this has been so enlightening. The last thing I want to ask you is what is something that we're all doing to our skin and hair that we should stop doing? I think with our skin, I think a lot of people, this is from what, what I get from my clients, they wash their face too much. Mm-hmm. It really strips your your skin, you know, and the layers in your skin and can sometimes cause more issues. So for those that, you know, of course, if you're wearing, you know, makeup all day, that's fine. But, you know, for those that don't want wear makeup all day, like um, I have people that's when they wash their, their face like three, four times a day sometimes. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Especially during, you know, 2020. You know, and I'm just like, no, you're fine. Don't wash your face that often. Uh, another thing is don't sleep with your makeup. The thing about sleeping with makeup is that when when you're sleeping, your pores open up. Your pores open and it's, it's kind of like breathing. That's when your pores open and breathe. So you're actually inviting all that to come into your, 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 your dermis. So it's not just, oh, don't sleep with your makeup because, you know, you'll break out. No, your, your pores are actually opening up and breathing in all that stuff you're sleeping uh as far as hair i'm not going to tell you to wash your hair every day because that just doesn't work for me either but be mindful about your scalp um look into products that have scalp tonics uh for scalp biome or scalp cleansing that doesn't have to deal with washing and then you can use that once a day and then after that you know you can shampoo every four or five days or seven days or how many days you you know you wait in between to shampoo and condition as far as your shampoo and conditioner be aware of certain um ingredients that are in your conditioner and and shampoos with silicones like a methadone a methadicone uh sometimes even though it feels really good on your on your hair and it kind of detangles and it feels so great it can build up and i'm not saying don't use it but use a clarifying shampoo in between to kind of remove all that gunk from your hair because you'll see after a while like if you keep using that every day for example by the seventh day your hair will be limp so you get a clarifying shampoo and most clarifying shampoo are you know you know they're sulfates so cleanse all that stuff off. You know, some people say, oh, it's stripping. Well, you need a, you need a good strip right now. <laughs> so use that to clarify, you know, once a month. And then you can go back to your normal routine. It's okay to use the silicones. Just don't overdo it. And just make sure that you're getting that gunk off of your hair shaft. 
because um, other ingredients besides the silicone also um, that are not under uh, scrutiny right now high, have high infinity to the hair chef as well and can do the same damage as silicone. I'll tell you what, Cassandra, no one is invited into my dermis. <laughs> no one's coming into my dermis. This has been fascinating. I'm going to hang out with you when I'm in D.C. next time. Oh, yes. Against do. your will. But I'm going <laughs> to. So thank you, Cassandra. Please tell everybody where we can find you on the Internet so we can keep up with everything that you're doing. Okay. You can find me um, on um, Instagram, which is uh, The Beauty Chemist, The T-H-E Beauty, and then Chemist. And then also The Hair Chemist. Uh, you can also watch on um, Mission uh, Unstoppable, the first episode with uh, Miranda Cosgrove. You can see that episode where I explain the breakdown of formulation and foundation. And that's a very fun episode. Uh, her show is amazing. That that Mission Unstoppable show is really great. It highlights women in STEM, you know, and, you know, math, chemistry, uh uh, technology, everything in the science. And it's great for to show women and kids and teenagers that you can be a scientist in all types of aspects, things that you didn't even think about. I mean, even, you know, growing up, people were like, uh, what? Cosmetic science? What is that? And then I'm like, oh, I had to, they still couldn't get it. To this day, sometimes they don't get it. <laughs> um, also, you can find me on, um, on Snapchat, which is um, the Beauty Cam 101. You're all over the place and we love it. Thank you so much, Cassandra, for being here and for enlightening all of us with all of your knowledge. I'm about to go um, rub my scalp and tell it thank you for all of its work. And I want everybody out there to remember that you deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And don't forget to cream that neck and keep your fringe fresh. Cassandra has fresh fringe today. Cassandra, do you cream your neck? Of course. Of course she does. Of course she does, because she is a professional. <laughs>